You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit harvestyorkregion.ca. Amen. All right, why don't you go ahead and grab your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Joshua chapter 1. That's where we're going to be here today. And uh, as you turn there, I just wanted to thank you on behalf of my wife, Anne, who's sitting up here, and my kids, uh, Wyatt and Karis, just for the the warm welcome that you've offered us here as we've uh, made our transition, or we can currently make a transition, uh, down from Barrie into this area. We're really excited to uh, invest in you in this church, and we're really excited as well uh, to get going with the Harvest New Market campus, and we're pumped about that and praying that uh, God would continue to do great things. So again, uh, thanks for the welcome. Uh, continue to just come say hi and introduce yourself and be patient with us as we try and learn, you know, it feels like a million names and all of that. But uh, yeah, we're already grateful for you and grateful for the relationships that are already starting. So, uh, all right, you in uh, Joshua 1? If you are, why don't you say go? All right. All right. So, hey, as a society in general, we love great acts of strength and courage, don't we? Right? We love that. Like, for example, how many of us get really excited whenever something like Shark Week comes on? Right? You pump for that, and you're like, yes, like, set the DVR, Shark Week. Right? And, and I mean, there's just some, some part of us that, that stands in awe when we watch someone like this, swim with great whites, right? And we're kind of like, man, you're crazy. Like, you don't, have a, you don't have a spear gun or like a machine gun or anything like that. Like, I feel like I'd be wanting something like that. But, uh, I mean, we look at that and we're like, man, it just takes such, such guts, right? Such courage to do something as wild as that. And, I mean, we're so, we're so mesmerized whenever we see things like, like, uh, like, an, like astonishing endurance, you know, or some great feat of strength, or we're watching the news and we see some kind of a daring rescue, right? People who are, who are showcasing their bravery and their valor and, and overcoming the, the boundaries that we tend to put on our abilities, right? We love that kind of stuff. And we, we gather around our phones and our computers and we invite our friends, hey, come check us out, you know, got this YouTube clip that someone sent me and we, you know, we ooh and we ah over all of that and and, uh, you know, inevitably, at some point, as we're gathered with our friends, the question kind of comes out, right? Like, hey, you think you could ever do something like that? Right? And we, and we kind of go back and forth, and we're like, some are like, yeah, totally, I would do that. And others are, you know, forget it. Uh, no way I'm going near that at all. Um, okay, see, we have no problem watching other people's acts of bravery and might and all of that. But are we willing to be like that? Right? Are we willing to be? Okay? Now make no mistake here. I don't think it's all that important that we swim with sharks or go climb a mountain or something like that. But hey, it is of the utmost importance that we be strong and courageous for the Lord. Right? That's what we're going for and that's what he wants. And so a really big question for us here this morning is just, you know, where are you at with that? Where are you at when it comes to strength and courage in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, do you find that your life is marked with a, an increasing ability to bravely trust God when the stakes are high? Do you have that? Are you willing to, to risk your security as the Lord leads you? Are you willing to do that? You know, do you have an inner strength in Christ to step outside of your comfort zone because God commands it? Are you there? I mean, that's really what we're going to be talking about here today. We're going to be looking at the story of Joshua and how God called him to that. He said, be, be strong, be courageous. 
You know, I've got big plans for you. I've got big plans for Israel, and I'm going to use you to do that, and it's not going to be easy, right? And we're going to look at that, and, and of course, the implications of all of it for our lives as well, right? What is God saying to me here today? What does he want to do in my heart? What does he want to do with my life? All right, so we're going to read this now. Uh, You're all in Joshua 1. We're going to be reading verses 1 uh, to 9. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to this people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I have promised to Moses. From the great wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. God, we come before you right now as a people who are just desperately in need of Jesus Christ. Lord, we all have our weaknesses, Lord. We all have our struggles. We have our fears. We have our doubts. God, forgive us for all the times that we pretend like we don't and we act like we've got it all together. Well, that can be such a disservice to us. It can be such a disservice to other people around us. Lord, because then we start to take glory for things and it looks like we have strength and it's not. Lord, we need your strength. God, it is a privilege to gather together as your church. I pray that as we unpack these verses here, Lord, would you speak to us? Would you speak to our hearts, Lord, for those who are really struggling right now with fear? Lord, I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you would strengthen them. Lord, for those who don't know kind of how to tackle this, how do I get through this this thing that's paralyzing me? Lord, I pray that you would give them a clear path out of this here this morning. Lord, it's by your spirit that we will learn and grow. Would you be here in a powerful way, Lord? We pray all of this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so are you spiritually strong and courageous? Are you spiritually strong and courageous, right? God's not looking for uh, physical might. You know, we're really impressed by that, but that's not what the Lord's looking for. He's looking for spiritual might, right? Inner resolve, this unshakable commitment to do things the Lord's way uh, completely, right? God's looking for us to exhibit godly character, Right? And spiritual strength and courage is a part of that. You know, and again, I think about uh, David when he, was a, when he was a kid, basically. Um, remember, God uh, wanted him to be the next king after Saul over Israel. And, and he sent Samuel to go and uh, choose David from the sons of Je- uh, from Jesse, sons of Jesse. And, and you remember uh, Samuel, he went there and he starts looking at all of David's brothers. And, you know, there's these, like, you know, big, you know, specimen-like creatures uh, and he's, like, real impressed. He's like, for sure, it's got to be one of these guys. 
right? And God's like, no, no, it's not. It's, it's the youngest. It's the, you know, it's the runt of the litter. That's, that's the guy who, who I want to be uh, my guy. And so it's this, it's this inner strength, right? This, this spiritual courage. And so for us, the big question is, well, how do I get there? Right? How do I get there? Because maybe you're not feeling it at all today. And maybe this week, maybe for, for far too much of your life, you've been, you've been dominated by fear. Right? You're like, I don't have this, this courage. And I, and, I, and I see it in scripture that God wants me to be there. And you know, how, do, how do I do it? Well, that's what we're going to be kind of covering here today and, and tackling. And here's the first thing, if you're following along in your notes. Okay? It's I will be strong and courageous when I'm willing to do what needs to be done. Right? I'm willing. I'm willing. Take a look at this now. Verse 1. We're going to go through this and uh, go through it verse by verse here. It says here, um, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. So this is like, Joshua's like Moses' right-hand man. All right, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. All right, just to bring you up to speed a little bit here, uh, what you need to realize is that, that Moses was the guy up to this point who had, who had led Israel. Right? And he's the legend. We all know about him. He's the, the most popular guy in Scripture, arguably, right, in the Old Testament for sure. And, uh, and he was the guy who, who was born, you know, an Israelite in Egypt um, to a slave family. And you remember, um, there was, a, there was a, an order out to kill all the firstborn sons. And so his mom puts him in a basket and sends him off in a river, just trusting God to do something with him, to save him. And, and he ends up uh, getting rescued by, Potter, uh, sorry, by uh, Pharaoh's wife, uh, daughter. And she ends up raising him in, uh, in the palace, right? And so he grows up and he's got everything given to him. And he kind of grows increasingly uncomfortable with the whole thing and, and ends up leaving. Actually, he has to flee because he gets into an altercation, ends up killing an Egyptian over the way he was handling a slave. And so he bails, he runs, and everything that he's known, he's now got to go start this new life for himself. And he thinks he's got it all together again and life's comfortable. And God's like, no, no, you're going to go back. You're going to rescue my people. You're going to bring them out of Egypt into this promised land, this amazing place that I'm going to give to you. And so you know this, though, as they get out of Egypt and, and, uh, and they, they, they go, up, go about their way, they start to disobey God, right? They grumble, they complain against Moses, against the Lord. And because of that, even because of some of Moses' sin, God says, hey, you know what? You're not going to get to enter into the promised land. You're going to wander around. I'm going to wait till this generation dies off. And it's a new generation that's willing to obey me, that's willing to follow me, all right? And so it says in, in Deuteronomy 34, you don't need to turn there, but it says about Moses, there was no other prophet like him in all Israel. No other prophet. He's gone now. People had spent uh, 30 days, which is customary, mourning for him and, uh, and all of that. And, and now it's, it's time to usher in the Joshua era, right? It's a, it's a, new, it's a new day. And so the God says this in, in verse 2. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Okay? Not trying to be harsh by that at all. Um, he's just saying, that's the reality, right? This is where we're at. And he says, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all my people, into the land. All right, so God's like, hey, you know, it's time to move on here. You're my guy, Joshua. You are my guy. We're going to do some great things together. All right, after 40 years in the de- wandering around the desert, it's time to enter this promised land. It's gonna, we're going to do it. Now, hey, we can only imagine the kind of the emotions that Joshua probably would have been feeling around this time, right? I mean, just, just, just think about that, right? We, I mean, we don't know how exactly, I should say, we don't know exactly how hesitant or how fearful he would have felt, but there's a few things that we do know, okay? We do know that back in Deuteronomy 31, again, you don't need to turn there, 
But Moses reveals to, to Joshua, hey, you're going to be the next guy. You're, you're going to lead Israel once I die. You're going to take the people across the Jordan and help them uh, as they begin this process of, of claiming their inheritance from God. Okay, we know that. We know that, that Moses and God, between the two of them, they tell Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. Tell him three times. That's in Deuteronomy uh, 31 alone. He says it multiple times elsewhere to Joshua specifically. Be strong and courageous. Don't fear. Right? Don't, be, don't be dismayed. Don't need to freak out here. Okay, Joshua, he's being prepared for what's ahead. In fact, this is kind of crazy too. Okay, God tells Moses and then Moses relays it to all the people during Joshua's commissioning. We're like, all right, man, you're our new leader. Right? Moses tells the people, he's like, hey, people, you're going to make it really hard on Joshua. And there will come a point when you disobey, when you do evil, when you rebel against the Lord. Okay, so think about it. Joshua knows all of this going in, right? Imagine his state, like, great. Like, I've got this people. Like, it's going to go bad at some point, right? That, he, again, he would have been probably feeling like maybe just a teensy bit hesitant, right? Nervous about all of this. Yeah, uptight for sure. This is what I love here. Back to our passage. Verse 2, God says these two really simple words, but powerful. You should really highlight them in your Bibles if you haven't. He says, arise, go. Right, go. If you were to read the last half of chapter 1, I'd encourage you to do that uh, later on today. Uh, you would see that Joshua does just that. Right, he gets up, he, he takes up the mantle of leadership, he, he assumes command, and he guides Israel into the promised land. And what that proves is that, you know, as much as Joshua may have feared, he probably would have. As much as he would have feared, he was at least willing to act. You catch that? He was willing to act. God told him, you know, step up, right? It's time to lead. Get out of your comfort zone. Joshua was willing to do what needed to be done. He was willing. Now, I think about my, uh, my five-year-old son. His name's Wyatt. Um, we had uh, a couple of weeks earlier this month, um, some time off before we came on staff here, and we spent a few of those days uh, up at my uncle's cottage. And uh, leading up to uh, that week at the cottage, I would tell my son, I was telling him, like, hey, man, this is going to be the summer. This is the year where you learn how to jump off the dock, right? And he was, he was kind of like, all right, this is going to be great. I hope, you know, I think. It was kind of his mentality, and I was uh, like constantly like hyping him on it and, you know, pumping his tires. Like, come on, you're going to be able to do this. This is going to be really good. And, you know, it builds character and, you know, all the dad stuff that we say. And uh, he was starting to get excited for it. Well, you know, we get up to the cottage and sure enough, you know, he's got his life jacket on and he's standing on the edge and I'm in the water. You know how kids take like forever to do, you know, to finally jump in. And he was taking a long time and I'm trying to like, you know, stay afloat. And, uh, and he was, you know, super overwhelmed all of a sudden by how cold he was. Like, you notice everything. And he was nervous. I'm like, come on, man, you can do this. You can come. I'm going to be right here. I'm going to, you know, right when you come up, I'll be right there. And, and he was, all of a sudden, it just kind of switched for him. And he was like, literally, he was, he was like, all right, fine. You know, and he's like, God, and he runs and he jumps off into the water, which was amazing. I mean, he got to the place where he was like, he was still scared. He was freaked out. In fact, he didn't want to do it again, like ever, right? He's like, maybe when I'm an adult, right? But he, was, he was at least willing to do it, even though he had fear. You know, you might kind of feel like that, right? And for you, it's not jumping off a dock, okay? But you, but you know God is calling you to arise, go, 
right? He wants you to do something you know, or ramp it up in some way in your life. You know, maybe for you it's, it's to have a more robust prayer life, right? Like it's been kind of lame lately. You know, don't really pray or only pray when, you know, when I need something and I kind of treat God like a, you know, a big cosmic pot machine. You know, I just want to get something out of him. That's my prayer life. And God's like, no, I want it to be so much more than that. I want it to be more. I want you to abide in me. I want you to rest in me. I want to have a relationship with you. A big part of that's through prayer. Maybe for you, it's like reading the Bible. God wants you to step up in that way. You know, read your Bible. Not just like a couple of verses between when you like put the kids to bed and when the Jays game starts, right? Like, no, pour over this. Read it, spend some time in it, meditate on it, stew in it, all that kind of thing. Maybe you just like lead your family better. That's, that's your thing. God's, you know, you sense God's leading you to do that. You haven't really checked in with your spouse or your kids and where are they really at and what are they wrestling through and do they love the Lord and maybe we've gotten a little bit lazy as a family in church attendance or service or whatever it is. You know, I need to lead a little bit better. I need to be a better example. And maybe it's to serve at church in some way. You know, maybe you know, you've been coming here for a long time and you've never made the step to go and serve and harvest kids or, or greeting or usher, whatever it is. Or for you, you're, you are doing something. And for you, that's just like, that's how I check off the box. And that's how I feel really good about my service to the Lord. You know, but you're capable of so much more. And you can serve in a big way. And you know God's calling you to it. Don't ignore it anymore. Be willing. Okay, maybe for you, you sense that God's leading you to help start a church. Right? Hint, hint. Harvest Newmarket. Right? I'm not trying to be subtle about that at all. Right? It's going to take all of us. Right? We're, we're going to need to be all in, every one of us. It is a ton of work to start a church. We don't need any you know, stragglers here in this process. We need you to plug in, get involved. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's something like that for you. Maybe I didn't cover yours. But you know, you've got your fear. You've got your doubts, for sure. You know, we all do. Okay, but, but you know that God is challenging you to just be willing just be willing to take the next step. You know, you don't have to have it all figured out. You know, so many of us, we don't want to take it the first step unless we know the entire plan, right? We want to know the whole thing. God doesn't give us the entire plan most of the time because he wants us to trust him day by day, step by step. Trust him. Don't worry about what it's going to look like in six months or, or a year down the road. Just have the courage it takes to arise and go. Now, trust the Lord. Do what needs to be done in order to, you know, whatever it is for you, fill in the blank. Maybe it's to fix your marriage or become a bolder witness or defeat that sin that's kind of wreaking havoc in your life. Be strong. Be courageous. Make no mistake. This is a call to arms here in the text for Joshua and for us. Like it's time to move forward here. Stop making excuses. Right? Stop letting fear run the show. Let's trust the Lord. Let's be strong here spiritually. Now, many of us have, uh, have heard this quote from Nelson Mandela. It's going to be up on the screen here uh, for you. He says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Right? A great quote. You know, and we would say, obviously, that we conquer fear uh, through Jesus Christ. 
right? Absolutely. But I think so many of us, we operate from this position that because I feel fear, right, I've already lost, right? Well, God tells me to, to not be afraid. Well, I already feel afraid, right? So what's the point? I'm just going to pack it in. And we, we live from this defeated position constantly, right? And, we, and we, we don't move forward. We don't have strength. We don't have courage. We don't do any of that stuff. Listen, when, when God tells us to have no fear, it's not so much about not feeling the emotion of fear, right? We all have that. Our emotions are like up, down, sideways all the time. We can't, we can't keep track of all of it. It's not about feeling the emotion of fear. It's about not giving into it, not letting it rule you, being willing to trust the Lord and leap into action despite the feelings of fear that we might have. Right, the more I think about it, the more I kind of examine my own heart and, and, and get to know people and have real conversations and find out where we're all at, the more I realize that, you know, we have a lot of fear. You know, we have a lot of fear, and it... It seriously rules us. You know, and it's to the point where some of us, we've had fear and we've had it for so long that we, um, we don't even realize that there's a better way. Like this has become standard operating procedure for our heart and our mind and our actions and our thinking. Right? Like this is just normal. No, it's not. It's not good. Right? It's not supposed to be like that at all. God has a better way. And that's strength and courage. Right? Totally. That's what he, that's what he wants for you. And um, I checked uh, some things out online this week and found uh, a quick list of some fears that people struggle with. Fears that people struggle with. These are like maybe some top 10 ones. And uh, you can write these down if you want or just write down the ones that, that you struggle with. Okay, people have the fear of, of losing their freedom. Losing their freedom. You ever had that? How about fear of the unknown? Fear of the unknown is a big one. Fear of pain, right? Like physical pain. Fear of disappointment, fear of, of misery, fear of loneliness, fear of ridicule, right? Or, or rejection. Like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't want my friends to give me a hard time. I don't want to be rejected by my family. It's also the fear of death. And, uh, and there's the fear of failure as well. Right? These are fears that we allow to really just dominate our hearts. Okay, so how can we get to the place, though, where we, where we are willing to trust the Lord uh, in the midst of our fears? Okay, well, it's when we're confident in what God's promised to do. That's the second thing here this morning. I want you to take a look at verse 2 here, partway down through that verse. He says to Joshua, he says, Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all his people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Just as I promised, there's that word, to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Right, pretty incredible here, what God, what God is saying to Joshua. Like, there's a promised land. This is what it's going to look like. It's going to be incredible. Right? And just as I promised it to Moses, I am now promising it, promising it to you as well and these people. Right, and I mean, this would have given Joshua like such confidence, right? Total confidence. He would have been like, man, God is, God is amazing. 
right? Look, look what all he promises to do here. Look at what he has done for us already. He comes through in the clutch every single time. And for sure, this is such a big reason why Joshua was able to have such courage and such strength throughout his leadership, right? He was a good leader, right? The Lord promised to come through. He promised. And so Joshua, he's not doubting that. He's banking on it. He's like, I'm putting all my eggs in that basket, in the trusting the Lord basket. There's no room for doubt and fear when, I've, when I'm handling it that way. Right? It's given him huge confidence. Now hear this, okay? The confidence that Joshua has, the confidence that we should have, it's not in us. Right? It's, it's not in our abilities. Right? I mean, the, the world will tell you that people just need to have more self-esteem. Right? It's not about that. That's not what the Bible teaches. Right? Not at all. It's about having God confidence, God esteem. That's what it's really all about. Right? Now back to, uh, to Wyatt jumping off the dock here. What was the whole reason why he jumped? What was that? It wasn't because he felt confident in his own abilities. Right? Not at all. He didn't want to. It's because I promised as his dad to be there to grab him when he pops out of the water. That's what he was banking on. And I think that's right where the Lord wants us. He wants all of us there. You know, we were clinging to him, where we're, where we're trusting him, we're believing him and what he promises to do. Right? And boldly moving forward in that knowledge. Now, there's something we really need to be careful of here as we take a look at a text like this. And we need to understand that that the specifics of the promise here that, that God has to Joshua and to uh, the Israelites, they were written to a, you know, a certain people at a very specific time and place in history. Okay, so for example, uh, when God says that, uh, when God says, hey, I've got this land for you, okay, you're going to move into that and take that over, we, us here, the church, we shouldn't look at that and be like, wow, you know, God has physical land that he promises to give me as well. This is kind of cool, right? I mean, trust me, as a guy who's, who's currently looking for a home for my family and for a home for Harvest Newmarket campus, like, it'd be pretty sweet if it worked that way, right? But, but it doesn't, right? We need to be really careful that we don't violate the text here, that we don't err in how we handle God's word. What we can do, though, here, is really mine down on the principles that we see in these promises. We can apply those to our lives and our situations. Okay, so what does God promise here? In this passage that we're looking at, that translates for us here, now, today, 2014, Harvest York Region, Harvest New Market. You know, what translates? Well, let's look at a few of these. In Joshua 1, take a look at verse 5. He says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Okay, now the specific context here was that he was talking about armies that are going to rise up and, and they're going to you know, be a thorn in the side of Israel and try to defeat them. He's talking about um, conflict from within. Men will rise up and, and try and shut down Joshua and usurp his leadership and all of that kind of stuff. Okay, but the principle for us is that, hey, no enemy, no obstacle will ever, ever be able to derail God's plan for our lives. Right? You know that. Romans 8.31, I love this, right? If, if God is for us, who can be against us, right? You know that, you know it well, right? We'll get into some of that a little bit more uh, later, but look at, look at the rest of verse five. He says, just as I was with Moses, 
so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Jump down to verse 9. He says something pretty similar there. He says, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, here today, can we claim those promises as the church? Yeah, yeah, for sure we can, absolutely. We can get into all of that, right? The Lord is with us 100%. He's not, he's not leaving us. He's not forsaking us. I love Romans eight thirty nine. It says, nothing can separate us from the love of God, right? Nothing. He's not bailing on you. He's not done with you. Right? He's with you, and that ain't changing. All right, pretty important stuff here. Be confident in that guarantee. Right? You can take that to the bank. Okay, what other promises of God do we see throughout Scripture as well that we need to cling to and we need to hold on to? The kind of promises that change our hearts and our minds. Well, we'll take a look at these here, and you can jot down the references if you want. These are some other promises of God in Scripture we can be confident of. Okay, 1 John 1, 9 is one. 1 John 1, 9, it says... Uh, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you confess your sins, he will forgive you. Well, I don't know if he's going to because, you know, I keep doing the same one over and over and I feel like I'm starting to grow and then I kind of fall back into it. Man, I've just got so much sin in my life and there's problems and and all of that and God's got to be getting pretty sick and tired of it. No, like he, he will forgive you. It's a promise. It says that he is faithful and just just to forgive you. It means it is good and right for him to do it. Right? He has secured your salvation through Jesus Christ. He has punished Jesus on the cross for all sin. Right? He will continue to forgive you. Here's another one, Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Absolutely. Right? He will supply your needs. It's everything that you need in order to survive, in order to, to live for Jesus Christ, to serve him well, he will give you those things. Right? It doesn't mean that you're going to get every single want. Right? Not at all. But he will supply your needs. He will absolutely do that. Here's another one, 1 Corinthians 10.13. No temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's an awesome, awesome promise there. Here's one, John 10, 28. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. They will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Once you are saved, once you know Jesus Christ and you are bearing fruit and all of that, that can be taken away from you. Right? It can't be. No one's going to get in the way of that. Even you can't get in the way of that. Right? No one can snatch them out of your hands. Here's the last one. Love this. This is important as we think about you know, a new ministry season going into September here. Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church. Right? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Right? Amen to that. I mean, these are just a few of the incredible, incredible promises that God has for us today, right? Amazing things that we can lean on. They're designed to to crush fear, right? They're designed to make us spiritual forces to be reckoned with, right? That's God's design here. Confident, strong, courageous. Is that you? Is that you? Are you, are you strong? Are you confident in what God has promised to do in your life? Are you confident of that? 
Or are you just letting fear run amok? Are you letting fear own you? Where are you at? Okay, if that is you, and fear is dominating lately, maybe for a long time, thankfully the solution isn't all that complicated. You know what it is? It's really to, be, to become obsessed with the gospel, right? And all its implications. That, that's where fear shrivels up. You know, start to dive into what Jesus Christ has done for you. Start to, start to appreciate and, and meditate on your salvation. Like, what? I didn't deserve that. I continually shake my fist at the Lord. I do that in my heart, right? He continues to forgive me and give me new life in him. Right, this is awesome. Think about how that affects your, your, your thinking and the way that you act, right? Work really hard. It's not easy. Work hard to, to absorb these awesome truths, right? Work, work hard to, to memorize the character of God so that your heart beats in step with that and doesn't go its own way. Right? Identify the, the specific promises that speak to you and to your fears that you're struggling with, right? Memorize them. Pray through them. God, make this true in my life. Talk about these things with your friends. Like, hey, what are you learning? This is what I'm learning. Talk about that with each other. Encourage each other. Right? Think through this stuff. Again, it's not easy. So many of us want the easy way out. It takes some work. And it takes time to remember that. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, quite likely. It'll happen over time as the Spirit works in you, as He sanctifies you. But I mean, you want to see the Spirit do some serious damage to your fear? Do these things, right? Love the gospel. Saturate yourself in it. Okay, here's the third thing. Okay, I'll be strong and courageous when I'm, when I'm unfazed by the trouble ahead. I'm unfazed. Take a look at verse 5 again. It says, uh, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Now, I know we've covered a little bit of this already, but I want you to focus on that first part there. Okay, it says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Okay, you notice that this verse doesn't say, no man shall try to stand before you all the days of your life. Oh, they'll try Right? You know that, right? They will try. You will have opposition in this life. It's going to happen. I mean, that might not always happen in the form of a person rising up against you and getting all up in your face about something. It might not be that. It might be like a circumstance or, or a trial you know, or some kind of spiritual oppression and you know, you're, you're just discouraged or it's depression or something like that. Right? Trouble takes on all kinds of different forms. Now, for Joshua and Israel, all right, things started out really great. We know that. You read through the first six chapters of Joshua, and you see like they sent some spies out into the land. They would check out this, this new land that was theirs. And, and uh, you remember the whole thing with, with Rahab? And they sent spies, and she protected the spies and helped them escape. And then they marched uh, around Jericho, and the city of Jericho fell. They didn't have to do anything other than march and pray and you know, you know, blow some horns, basically. And the thing came down. They were like, God is doing incredible things. And, you know, let's just keep this thing going. That, that would have been my plan uh, if I was Joshua. Uh, but then uh, str- uh, trouble strikes. Right in chapter 7, it's the sin of Achan. And when, uh, when uh, God told Joshua and the, the armies to go in and, 
and take down Jericho, he said, I want you to destroy everything. I don't want you to keep anything for yourself. Okay, but Achan, he had other ideas. He took some stuff. He took some of the loot, took it back to his tent. He buried it. He kept it. And so he did this, you know, didn't tell anyone. Joshua goes in with a few other men to, to, to go into another battle, and they get wiped out. And Joshua's like, what's going on? Like, Lord, what are you doing? Everything was going so well. What's, what's happening? And God, God says to him and leads him to Achan and says, hey, it's because of sin in the camp. Right? And I encourage you to read chapter 7. Very serious what God does to deal with that sin. Right? But trouble comes in some form or another. And we can easily forget that you know, it's a war out there for us. You know, we, th- we think that it's just like, you know, just a bed of roses. You know, that's how Christian life should be. It's not. You know, we've got Satan, you know, our flesh, the world. They're always in opposition to what the Lord's doing. Right? So no, trouble's guaranteed it's going to happen. But we can be unfazed by it. Unfazed. Why? Well, because God promises here, we've read it, that no man, no circumstance... No situation or power will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Right? God's plans cannot be prevented. They can't be. We don't need to sweat the small stuff. We don't even need to sweat the big stuff. Yeah, I love this uh, tweet that I read this week uh, from Kevin DeYoung. He's a pastor. He said that opposition is a normal mark of Christian discipleship. Right? It's normal. It's normal. We've got to stop acting like the sky's falling every time something else goes wrong. You know, it's a regular and even important part of our lives as it, as it shapes us and sanctifies us. We need to expect it. And when it comes, be strong. Be courageous. All that's in Christ's promises. We can be unfazed. Now, I understand. Trust me, I get it. Like, that's easier said than done. Right? I'm, I'm trying to, like, kick myself into gear here as much as I'm trying to do that to you. Okay, but let me make it really simple for you. I'm all about simple. Okay? We either trust God or we don't. Right? At the end of the day, it boils down to that. So what's it going to be for you? You going to trust God this week? You going to trust him in all the areas of your life? The areas where you're freaking out? The areas where maybe you're like sweating as we speak, as you think about it? Or not. God is able. He is big enough to handle your fears. He wants you to lean into him. Here's the last thing. I'll be strong and courageous when I'm careful to follow God's word completely. Okay, completely. And we can't afford to miss this. Take a look at verse 7 now. It says, only be strong and very courageous, being careful, important word to highlight, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful. There's that word again. Careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Hey, so like on a scale of 1 to 10, okay, how important it is, is it that we follow God's word completely? Right, like a like hundred maybe on that list. Right, it really is. It's crucial. I mean, you, you want success in your life, and I'm not talking like prosperity gospel, make me wealthier Lord success. That's lame. That's not biblical. Right, I'm talking about gospel success. You know, if I, 
defined by his presence in, his life, in our life, our, his power in our life. Right? That word success there can also be translated as, as acting wisely. You want to be able to act wisely. Okay? Do things his way. Do things God's way. Study your Bible. Become intimately familiar with every word so that you know how to handle every single area of your life. You know, your, your, the way you think and the way you act throughout the day and, you know, the decisions that you have to make and the way you prioritize your time and, and all of your relationships. Understand how God's word applies to all of those areas. Do all of it. Don't turn from the right to the left. Do all of it completely, it says. Do it his way. Right? The Bible's like our, like our GPS. And if we stop using it, we're going to get lost. And when we get lost, that's when we get into trouble. Right? So that's why we need to be in it a lot. I know you've heard that many, many times. We continue to need the encouragement. If you follow it completely, if you purpose in your life to submit your will, your desires, your wisdom, your pride to it, you're going to fill with strength. You're going to fill with courage. That's what God prescribes for Joshua and for us here in Joshua 1. And when you're at that place, you're not leaning on your own wisdom and your own abilities and you know, your own knowledge. Because all that's flawed and limited. I'm trusting the Lord. Right? He is able. That's how I'm going to get through this. That's how I'm going to take the next step forward. Okay, so what's it going to be for you, Harvest York Region? Harvest New Market Campus? Are you ready to raise your game? In the Lord. Are you ready to trust him? Are you ready to move forward this fall? You know, school starts, what is it, Tuesday? Sorry, kids. Right? But that's going to bring new challenges. That's going to bring new fears. Are you going to trust? Are you going to be strong and courageous in him through that? When you go to work this week and you're met with that problem, you're met with that difficulty, you're face-to-face with that family member, you can be strong and courageous. I'm going to leave you with this. This is what the Lord says for you. It's verse 9. A lot of us know it. We've heard it a million times. We've heard it preached a million times. It says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you. He's with you wherever you go. Let's pray. God, what a joy it is to be your church. Lord, and what a joy it is to know that we have a God who loves us deeply. We know a God who cares for us. We have a God who isn't just willing to leave us in a ditch somewhere. Lord, you're willing to, you rescued us through your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, you don't just, if we could say that, just rescue us and then leave us there. You continue to work in our lives, Lord. You grow us. You change us. You conform us to the image of your son, Jesus. Lord, we rejoice in that. Lord, I pray that you would encourage your people here this morning. Lord, we know that we come in here you know, weary and, and beat down and discouraged and all of it, God. Would you give us courage this week? Would you create in us inner strength where we are willing to be bold for you? 
We are willing to live for you. We are willing to do whatever you want and do it your way. We are at your mercy, Lord. Work. Glorify your son Jesus in us. It's in his name we pray. Amen.